All right, Psalm 119, starting in verse 129. Shush! I just like the opportunity to shush the preacher. (laughs) Okay, Psalm 119, verse 129. Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doth my soul keep them. The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. I opened my, my, my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Look thou upon me, and be merciful unto me, as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Deliver me from the oppression of man, so will I keep thy precepts. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant, and teach me thy statutes. Rivers of waters run down mine eyes, because they keep not thy law. So we're on verse 135. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant, and teach me thy statutes. That's uh, page 11. And we're a little past halfway down the page. We're finishing up letter B. When we seek him, what we find is his face shining and all else fading to to insignificance. And, you know, we as as Christians see so much need that all the time. We need God's grace to put our eyes upon him and have the world put away and let us concentrate on him and receive from him blessings and fellowship and and. You know, for Christians, uh, I, I don't know why, but so many people think they only need to meet with him from time to time. <laughs> but really, we are meant to live with him in constant communion. But uh, there, there, we, there are so many times in which we just need everything else cleared away in a special meeting with the Lord and to hear from him. So we're picking up on, on uh, number uh, four there, Roman number four. So we're, we're just, we, last time we, we, we spent some time talking about um, about when Moses asked to see God's glory. And so number four here is it's hard to be concerned about anything else when you get a full view of him and his glory, which is communicated to our hearts and our spirit by the Holy Ghost. And again, that's just what we need so much of the time is just to meet with the Lord, hear from him. And really, it doesn't matter what our situation or our issues are. It's all small potatoes to the Lord. And sometimes, listen, those things are being put in our lives to get us to run to God. So we can renew our relationship with Him or renew that, that desire to be in a close relationship with Him. And so God has ways of, of helping us to see our, our, our lives and the priorities that they need to be seen in. So I have a number five in my notes. Seeking His face, we seek to know Him. So it's not just a matter of religious experience. <laughs> You know, what we need is to know him, to seek to hear from him, to for him to show favor to us. And so in Philippians chapter three, these are some beautiful verses. Philippians chapter three, starting in verse seven, Philippians chapter three, verse seven. Philippians chapter three, verse seven. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ, yea, Doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness of which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. 
not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You notice, as Paul says, he, he looks back at the past and he says, I count all those things, those all of those things you could say of Paul. He is this, this, this and this. He says, I count the, lo- the loss of all those things, but dung. In other words, undesirable. He says, for the, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Not only does he count it a fair trade to lose anything that he would gain in his own accomplishments or anything that could be added to him by his by his his walk or his religion or whatever else. He not only does he count that dung, but he says what I gain is the knowledge of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. And then he goes on and he mentions several things here. But he says in verse 10 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. I think what Paul is saying in this passage is that if he can know the Lord greater or better through suffering, that he is willing to do that. Now, listen, I, I'm, I'm a lot like Albie. <laughs> if it's pain, get it away. I don't want anything to do with it. If, it. if it means hospital time, get it away. I don't want anything to do with it. You know, there's so many things that fall into that category for me. But listen, what if God says, here's some pain. This is what it's going to do. It may not be physical pain. It could be suffering of any kind. You can put it under any, any category. But the point is, is God certainly does allow and maybe even bring suffering into our lives to accomplish something. And if you look at what Paul says in this passage, Paul says, I want to know him and I want to be in close, a close relationship with him. And if, if it means going through this to get that, then I'll do this. And if it means going through this to go through that, I'll, I'll do that. If it means any of these things, I, I think what he's saying is he is willing. And I, I don't I don't think it means by any means he has some sort of desire to to suffer i don't think it's that case at all i think he's saying you know that i may know him and the thing is 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 throughout life's journey god can use anything to draw us into a closer relationship with him i think many of us also also are under the misunderstanding that you have to be in a religious place in a religious setting to experience god's god's working and teaching and that's that's just not true you know i i think it's through the it's it's through so many different things. I, I do think that God meets with us in special ways and teaches us for the sake of just just coming into fellowship together with us, because clearly that's what God wants. But I also think that we're all human. And unfortunately, we often need God to teach us in ways that are undesirable to us, because that's that's what we need. That's my personal take on it. Brother Albie and then Brother Patrick. Right. 
being able to just deal with it. Right. Little things come along. How much of it I got this? You know, I would lose my appreciation for God. Well, that's what Israel did with, with AI. When after, after Jericho, God knocked all the walls down. They said, AI is just a little place. It's no problem. We can handle it. <laughs> they could not. <laughs> well, yeah, it just makes me say, okay, well, I, I say, okay, I know God's got this. I, I still worry about it. Yeah. And you know, and like like you said, like you said, sometimes we we pray for God to move the mountain, but God very clearly means for us to gain the strength, the strength of Him, strength of being mighty in the Lord, is to go over the mountain, or for for God to give us strength in some other way that does not involve the mountain going away. And the Bible says, you know, when if you have faith as of a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, you know, get up and get hence. <laughs> And that, that's true, except for when God wants the mountain to be there for a specific reason of us getting closer to Him and stronger in Him. Patrick? Well, I think a lot, large part of the suffering might be from the powers of darkness. Well, and, and we don't always know. It, right. it, you know, there's, it, like, uh, there was a woman who was bound, uh, I think the Lord said, 12 years with an affliction. And He said that Satan had bound her. And so we don't always know where affliction comes from. Sometimes, you know, it could be that, that Satan sends it, but God allows it. And, and we just don't know. We just don't know what God does, why he does it. The only thing we know is sometimes we have a situation, we would like it to be gone. <laughs> Ms. Cassandra? Right, right. Well, and, and then there was another time in which the, the disciples and the Lord ran across a blind man. And they said, who, who did sin that this man was born blind? Him or his parents? And the Lord said, neither. But he was, he was, he was in this condition that the, that the Lord would be glorified. He specifically said that. And so again, sometimes things that we would desire that they not be here, they're here for the specific purpose of bringing glory to God. We just don't always see how. And again, like, like Albie was saying as well, we ask for mountains to be removed. But thank God that God in His wisdom, you know, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, prays on our behalf perfect prayers. And so we say, Lord, take this away from me. This struggle. Paul, Paul prayed three times for a thorn in the, in the flesh to be removed. And the Lord's answer was not that He would remove it, but that His grace would be sufficient. And listen, God knows the perfect answer for every situation, every pain, every struggle that we have, and He knows how to, to work in such a way. And by the way, from an internal perspective, we wouldn't change it either. That's something important to know. We, from eternity, looking into what God is doing in our lives, when we understand things like God does, from that perspective, we would not take away our pain and suffering if it meant for the glory of God either. And so uh, seeking his face, we seek to know him. So let her see the blessing that God commanded Aaron and his sons to bless the children of Israel. I'd like you to turn there with me and see the first or the couple of verses before that. Numbers chapter six, verse 22. And 
give you guys a second. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. So this was the blessing that the priests were supposed to, when they blessed, they were supposed to bless with this kind of blessing. And and, and so the, there's some interesting things about that. As you look at that verse four of the Lord bless thee and keep thee. So this these are not just empty words. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. So I have this note underneath that. The Lord wants to be all to his people and wants his people to see him as all to them. So listen, that is very much the way God means for us to be in a relationship with him. God does not mean us to take him simply as a religious token. Putting a stamp on your life, Christian. That is not... Listen, God saves souls and souls don't often reciprocate with, I will lay my life down at Jesus' feet because He has loved me and given His life for me and, and saved me and changed... Listen, we all know here, it does not automatically happen that when someone is saved that they lay their lives at the Lord's feet and from, the, from then on they're faithful to do that. But listen, the Lord does want to be all to His people. And He wants His people to see Him as all to them. I want you to see this. If you guys don't want to turn there, I'm going to turn there, please, if you'd like to. Uh, anyway, Jeremiah chapter uh, 31. This is a beautiful passage. Jeremiah 31, starting in verse 1. It's a very good thing for you guys that I drink coffee because that gives us more time to turn. <laughs> or you could all get iPads. <laughs> Anyway, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 1. At the same time, saith the Lord, will I be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus saith the Lord, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness. Even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest, uh, the Lord hath appeared of me of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Again, I will build thee, and thou shalt be built, O virgin of Israel. Thou shalt again be adorned with tabrets, and thou shalt go forth in, dan- in the dances of them that make merry. Thou shalt yet plant vines upon the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and shall eat them as common things. But there shall be a day that the watchmen upon, on the mount, uh, the watchmen upon the mount Ephraim shall cry, Arise ye, and let us go up to Zion and to the Lord our God. For thus saith the Lord, sing with gladness for Jacob and shout among the chief of the nations. Publish ye, praise ye and say, O Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. Behold, I will bring them forth from the north country and gather them from the coast of the earth. And with them and with them, the blind and the lame and the, the woman with child and her that travaileth with child together. A great company shall return thither. They shall come with weeping and with supplications will I lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in a straight way, wherein they shall not stumble, for I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scattered Israel will gather him, 
and keep him as a shepherd doth his flock. For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and ransomed him <coughs> excuse me, from the hand of him that was stronger than he. Therefore, they shall come and sing in the height of Zion and shall flow together for the goodness of the Lord, for wheat and for wine and for oil and for the young of the flock and of the herd. And their soul shall be as as a watered garden and they shall not sorrow any more at all. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, both young men and old together. For I will I will turn their mourning into joy and I will comfort them and make them rejoice for their sorrow. And I will satiate the soul of the priest with fatness and my people should be satisfied with my goodness, saith the Lord. I, I hope you guys got all that. There's there's so many things about this passage illustrating that the Lord wants to have his people in a relationship with him that they are completely dependent upon God in every way throughout their lives. And and that being the situation, God is able to give gladness and peace Joy and singing, fullness of bread, all the things that man seeks after in all the wrong ways, God is able to give it and put it into your life. And he desires, listen, all the things that man desires, God can give it if only man would seek it from him. It doesn't mean that we're going to have a perfect life. It means that God can put the, the joy and the happiness and the peace and the contentment directly into your heart. Rather than chasing after it on the outside with flesh and bones and working your fingers to the bones. And listen, God intends for us to be the people that receive it from him. And, you, and, and as we've talked about many times, you could be in a dungeon or you could be in an ivory tower. But if your heart is on the Lord, God can give peace and blessings that you can't get anywhere else. And God intends for it to be that way. But you see, if you guys didn't catch all this, please read Jeremiah 31, 1 through 14 again. So many things where God's spelling out. He wants good things for his people. He wants his people to experience blessings from him. And so um, that was OK. So that, that was uh, the, the point that the Lord wants to be all to his people and wants his people to see him as all to them. So letter D, and teach me thy statutes. That's the last part of um, verse 135. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. And so um, I had this note. Uh, it's there in your notes. When the Lord clears all else out, we can more easily see what he wants us to learn. It's, it's harder to get what God has for you when your life is inundated with distraction. And you can name the you can name anything <laughs> practically blessings or, or having good things around you. They can be a distraction having pain and, and frustration that can be distraction sin and temptation that can be distraction. And so, listen, the only way for us to get what we need is to get it all out of the way and hear directly from him. Be in close communion with him. If your life is not in close communion with him, God will want that fixed. And so listen, we're not automatons. Bob mentioned this, I think, last week. We're not. It's not automatic. Even though if you're saved and born again, it's not automatic. You do have to want God to be in that central place of preeminence. You do have to want and you have to seek God's face. You, God's gonna, not going to force his way into your life. And we've, we've mentioned this a couple of times recently. Draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. And so listen, God means for us 
to seek His face. And, and so when we want that, God is going to, He is going to do things that will bring that about. And so when the Lord clears all else out, we can more, then more easily see what He wants us to learn. So I have a number two in my notes. When we are ready to seek His face, then we are ready to sit at His feet and receive from Him. And so in Luke chapter 10, I, I refer to these verses a lot. They're very special as well. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. This is the Lord Jesus. He had gone to Mary and Martha's house. Now it came, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went, that he went into a certain, they entered into a certain village and a certain, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now you can take Martha in this passage and you can substitute Martha with anybody's name here in this room. And you can exchange her circumstances for any of our circumstances. And it would mean the exact same thing. And so listen, what the Lord wants for us, means for us, is what happened with Mary. She sat at Jesus' feet. And and listen, it didn't matter. It does matter, but it doesn't matter. You know, Martha needed help doing the things that Martha was doing. But the needful thing was to do what Mary was doing. And that's sitting at Jesus' feet. And so, listen, the Lord, you know, the Lord being the Lord, you know, as, as Martha is going about and she is cumbered about much serving, he never rebuked her for serving. He didn't rebuke her because her mind was scattered elsewhere. And so much of the time, God does allow us to carry ourselves in that way. But what he wants for us is to sit at his feet and to receive from him what he has for us. And listen, what it's, it's a very important point that what God had for Mary was different from what he had for anybody else. And what God has for Brett and what he has for Patrick and what he has for each and every one of us is going to be what exactly what we need where we are. If only we would be willing to sit at his feet. Patrick? Oh, just the word cumbered. Martha was cumbered, but right. then Mary was uncumbered to right. do. Yeah, that's a good point. So she was uncumbered. Right. <laughs> to do that was which was needful. Yeah, so. yeah, and again, you could inter- interchange names and situations, and they would still fit perfectly. And what we need, one thing is needful. The Lord said in verse forty-two, but one thing is needful, and Mary had chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. I I do thank God so much for his perfect wisdom. (laughs) You know, uh, you know, I I think that if someone had said, hey, Martha's not doing her share. I mean, Mary's not doing her share. I think I would have said, well, let's let's split up the duties. You know, Mary can get up and go do some of the cumbering. (laughs) And Martha can come sit down for a while. You know, we'll share the load. You know, let 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 things be done fairly. (laughs) But the Lord did not say that. He said, there's one thing that's needful. And, and, and listen, the Lord knows how to reach every one of us where we are. Brother Albie.
see what he's doing. So it's hard for us to say, well, like she was saying, well, I got all these things to do. Me too. I, I was like, when I was recovering from this stuff, I had to sit there at the house for two or three weeks. Mm. And my mind was going, man, I got these things to do. And I don't feel that bad. Mm -hmm. I should have done it. What he wants us to trust in him and all these other things, he'll take care of. Yeah. This too will pass. Yeah, and, and God can give that peace. God can give that peace. And, and the other thing, too, I wanted to say before we left this subject is, you know, I, I'm, I'm certain the Lord is, is not saying that, you know, you don't do the things that need to be done when they need to be done. You know, I, I, I'm sure the Bible says a man who will not work should not eat. And so, again, it's not talking about not not doing the things that you should do. It's just that when there's. And, and, and let me let me just say this as well. It does because you're doing something that needs to be done. That doesn't mean you can't have communion with the Lord. The idea is to be instant in prayer, constantly in prayer, and constantly talking with the Lord and sharing your life with the Lord. And I, I do believe there, you know, to have a, a time and a season where you can be alone and quiet with the Lord is also very important as well. But I also think that you know anything you're doing, you can share that with the Lord. And, and I, I, every day I go to work, I've told you guys before, I, I read Ephesians 2. I think it's Ephesians 2. I don't know. I see the verse every morning where it says, you know, servants, obey your master, masters according to the flesh. You know, but even as I'm obeying my masters according to the flesh, I can be having my mind on the Lord. And I should. And so, listen, again, the, the idea is that you live your life with the Lord and you share your life with the Lord. It's harder to be drawn away from him when you're walking all day long, every day with him. And, and so anyway, that's, that's, the, that's the primary thing. <laughs> so that last point there, and, and this is the last point of, of item number seven. When we are ready to seek his face, then we are ready to sit at his feet and receive from him. And uh, that's it. That's all we have time for. <sighs> so, okay, we have one minute left. Anybody have any questions or comments? Yeah, amen. It's hard to what? Stumble when you're on your oh, knees. Man. I bet you could, though. <laughs> yes, Ms. Uh, Cassandra? Right.
Yeah, and 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 that that's something I, I think a lot of us struggle with a lot of times: judging motives, judging. You know, she left me, and, and clearly Martha is. She is struggling with. I'm doing all the work, and Mary is sitting doing nothing. And she certainly didn't see she was sitting at Jesus' feet. She said she saw that she was sitting and doing nothing while Mary Martha was doing all the work. And uh, yeah, amen. <laughs> Anything else? All right, let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. Thank you for your word. We do pray for your blessing on your word to our hearts and help us, Lord, to live in close communion with you. Bless uh, in the coming weeks, Lord, as we try to finish this up and, and help uh, pastors he prepares for the next uh, study after this. Bless our whole church. Help us to be your people and draw close to you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.